Welcome to Shake That Soul. I'm your host, Rose Rising. This podcast is about getting in touch with your spiritual side and living intentionally. Let's get ready to laugh, ignite our creative spark, and open our minds. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 14. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is Rose Proud, and she is an animal communicator, which means that she can understand and communicate with animals on a deeper intuitive level. I definitely have a deep connection with animals, and I know that many of you do as well. So that was part of my inspiration to have Rose on this podcast. Rose has great stories and insights about how we can learn to understand our pets better. We're also going to talk about overcoming grief when we lose our beloved pets because they become a part of our family. I'm so glad all of you are here. And without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Hello, Rose. I am so grateful to speak with you today because we share the same passion for animals. Hi, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And I know a lot of my listeners and people in my circle also have a very deep connection with their pets. And I don't think most people are actually aware that there's such a thing as an animal communicator. So can you please tell everyone what you do? Sure. Um, So an animal communicator connects with animals telepathically. So we're literally communicating. So I can ask questions like about how they're feeling or how they're, um, why they're doing a particular behavior and working out different kind of solutions if there's a problem, and also really relay information from you to them. And sometimes people will call this an animal psychic, but to me, it's communicator is more accurate because we literally are having a conversation. It's not about me projecting into the future or picking up something, you know, from just spirit, which to me is what psychic work is. Mm-hmm. So it's we're connecting with them energetically and telepathically. And how did you know that you had this ability? Was it in your childhood? Did it just pop up randomly? You know, when I, when I took my first class, um, it was because I had this dog named Benny, and I only had him two years. He was old when we adopted him. And when he passed, I kept feeling him around me so much. And I was just so aware of his presence. I mean, even my son, who was only two, came to me and said, Mommy, Mommy, I just felt somebody lick my leg. And it was Benny. (laughs) If he would come up behind you and, like, go bloop. And, you know, I was just, I kept sitting with that. And I was, like, wondering, you know, how I could help him. I felt at the time, because I didn't know better, that maybe he was stuck. That he was stuck in the, you know, in our home or in this like you sometimes hear about people, you know, energy things. That, and, of course, the universe provided for me an opportunity because right around then I also saw this class advertised for animal communication. So I went and took the class, and, and as I was learning it, I 
remember that when I was young, I had a cat that I was really bonded to. And I always knew what she wanted. I was 10. And I remember telling my mom, well, Snowball says, I mean, I would say it like that. And my mom would just say, oh, okay. So you know what she <laughs> wants. And I'd be like, yeah, she never told me it was wrong or I couldn't do that. But, you know, as you get older, sometimes you kind of forget or that gets pushed back. And, you know, as a child, there was no doubt in my mind that I could talk to her. So I, I had that ability and then I kind of forgot about it. And then because of Benny and the situation and actually, you know, even before that, now that I think about it, because he he came up beside me one time in the car when we were on a trip. And I heard, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and I looked at, I'm like, what? And I look over at my son who was in the passenger seat. And I looked down and Benny had come up between the two seats. It was like a minivan. And I said, oh, you're thirsty. And so I said to my son, get Benny his water. He's thirsty. He's like, how do you know? I said, he just told me. I forgot about that because that happened first. And then after he died, that's when I found the class because I did feel him around me. But it reminded me that animal communication is, is something um, that we can do and that I can do. So the timing of his death and the class just fell in alignment for me. Right. It was just perfect synchronicity. And so how do you receive the communication? It's just like they're speaking to you, or do you also see images from them clairvoyantly? Um. Primarily for me, I first feel them. And most of my information, because I'm very sensei, and most of my information comes in in feeling. But the feeling can be so strong that I know exactly what they mean. So sometimes I do sort of hear words, but it's really my own voice. It's more like their energy and what they're telling me is just so clear that I know exactly what they say. Sometimes I'll have to sit with it just a moment so I can choose the word that I feel is going to most accurately represent what they're telling me. They often will communicate pictures as well. And there are some that are a little more talky where I kind of get more verbiage, I guess, <laughs> right. than others. That, you know, it just depends on their personality and just like with people. And also when an animal is in spirit, it's a, it's a little bit different. Um, it, it seems to... In a way, for me, it almost seems to come through clearer. And I think that because there's no physical body that is in the way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just my own reasoning. Um, so I don't know if that's accurate, but that's how it feels to me. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe because it's more of a direct connection. You don't have the physical aspect in the way. It's just pure energy that's coming through. And so... I wonder right. if, yeah, if you have any people that are hesitant to believe in that, like, have you come across anyone that's like, I don't think that, you know, Fluffy <laughs> is in the spirit realm, you know, speaking to us. Have you encountered that in all, at all? Or are people generally very like accepting and open about that? Well, in for animal communication, Overall, not just communicating with them in spirit, but there are, I mean, I've gotten many like eye rolls from people when I tell them what I do. They mm -hmm. don't know what that is. And I tell them, some people are like, 
oh, okay, and they slowly back away. <laughs> <laughs> and other people are very interested and curious. But you know what often brings people to me, even if they don't really believe that they're skeptics, is because they love their animals so much. Mm-hmm. And they're in a place where they don't know what to do. Either their animal is really sick or there's a behavior issue or they've passed and they're grieving. And so they're willing to try it because they don't know what else to do. And sometimes I'm a last resort. And that's okay with me too because I, you know, I'm here for the animals. And if it helps them and it helps their people, then that's what I'm here to do. That's the service mm-hmm. um, that I offer. Absolutely. Yeah. And just a little backstory. So everybody knows, I actually reached out to Rose several years ago, because I lost my beloved Sophie, I had a dog, and she was everything to me. She was like my best friend. I feel like, you know, she was definitely my emotional support animal. And when I had a reading from you, it was so accurate. And there was a lot of things that you you couldn't have known. There's no way that you could have known such specific details about her life and her personality. And, you know, even though I believe in all of this spiritual stuff and I even connect and have the ability, I still always keep a thread of skepticism with me, you know, just to keep me grounded. But, Uh you know, when I come across someone like you who has that ability and that accuracy, my doubt just completely diminishes again, because, you know, how do you explain those things? There's no logical explanation for that. It is truly a gift. Well, you know, I, I truly believe that we all have this ability. You know, we are all spiritual, energetic beings in a human casing. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just a matter of, of learning how to access that information and which way it comes in for you first. I mean, there might be one that, you know, just like any intuitive work, there's one that kind of is your your strongest one, whether it's, you know, hearing or visual or feeling. And then just learning how to tap into that intentionally. And truly the hardest part is trusting the information because we often will doubt ourselves and say, well, I probably just made that up. I don't know if I really heard that. <laughs> yeah. But... Whenever I work with somebody, I always try to teach them a little bit of how to keep that connection or, you know, communicate with animals on their own Um, because I I feel that it will just help to deepen the relationship that they have with their animals now. And I don't remember how long ago it was when we did that session with you. Oh, yeah, that was back Um, in 2020, which was the worst year to lose a pet, (laughs) right? When you needed the most support. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, because I now start, I don't remember if I was doing it then, but when I start my session, I do what I call an opening the heart connection. Did we do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, because that's something that everybody can use, whether you're connecting with Sophie and Spirit on your own or, you know, with an animal that's with you, or even another animal, a wild animal, or a neighbor's dog who's barking. You know, there's a lot of ways to to use that. Right, because you can also help with behavioral issues as well. Right, 
Yes. So Sometimes you, the yeah. reason that they're doing something, they don't understand why it's a problem for us, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes just helping them know what why we don't like it when they bark nonstop or pee outside the litter box, we can help them understand and then negotiate a solution that, that's um, a good for both parties. Mm-hmm. It's very practical, too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And do you think that it's possible for our pets to be soulmates? Because I definitely feel that they can be. If it's, I, I didn't hear you. If it's possible for our pets to, to be our soulmates. Oh, oh, definitely. Definitely. You mean, who's to say what form our soulmate's going to be in? And, you know, there are animals that have been other lives as different beings, whether it's human or some other life form that we aren't really familiar with on this planet or another type of animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a client who, I, as soon as I connected with her dog, I immediately got that they were like from the same spark. That's what he told me. Aww. I said, you, you're like, he's like your twin flame. And she like, goes, oh, my God, I say that all the time. <laughs> I love but, that. you know, he was, and her husband, he was like, yep, I'm second. <laughs> so, yes, definitely they can be our soulmate. I know it's kind of crazy how we can have such a deep connection with our pets. It kind of threw me for a loop because I've had pets since I was little, you know, and then, it wasn't until I had a dog, you know, that I was primarily responsible for that I found out, oh, my gosh, I w- didn't know I was capable of loving something so much. Like, I would just, you know, I know a lot of people do this. They probably stare at their pet and cry because yeah. they think about <laughs> the thought of losing them someday. And it and it hurts so bad to have that thought. So I think... You know, it's so important to appreciate them while they're here because it's for, sh- you know, such a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd like to comment on that because people do do exactly that. And especially when their animal is going through a health challenge and they know that their time is limited, say they have cancer or they're just getting older and the decline is obvious. And... When we look at them and grieve them before they're even gone, they feel it. And they don't generally appreciate it. It's not that they get angry, but they're, they're so in the moment, you know. I've had a many, many animals say to me, please tell her to quit missing me while I'm still here. Aww. You know, they want to pull us back into the present and pull us back into the moment because that's where they are. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's something to keep in mind if, if somebody's listening to this and you're going through that situation. If you feel yourself doing that, allow yourself to shift your perspective to I'm so glad you're here right now. And think about happy memories because they love that. They love that energy when we think about fun times. 
Yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up about them being in the moment and them being able to pick up on our emotions because, you know, for animals that are our emotional support animals, I kind of worry that sometimes we might be dumping too much on them. And do you think that that can have an adverse effect or do you feel like they're able to handle it? Does that make sense? It makes sense. We have a, a soul contract or soul agreement with every animal that we bring into our our life. We have an agreement with them and they have an agreement with us. So for an animal who who truly is an emotional support animal, I mean, often, often our animals are emotional support for us, whether or not it is like uh, really needed, needed. You know what I, you know, I'm trying to say like, we all kind of rely on them because they make us feel better. Mm-hmm. But when when we when we're struggling with say anxiety or depression or something like that, not animals really helps us stay grounded and helps us stay calm and truly is there for us. That's an agreement that's already been made on the soul level. And so, do they feel it? Yes, but they're they also have an agreement to be there for you. And some of them, um, some of them can, they'll kind of take it in and transform that energy. Sometimes it's like it just bounces off of them. You know, there's, they show me different ways of how they deal with it. And if, if they don't, if there's something about it, they don't, that they have a hard time with, um, you know, in a session, they'll, they'll tell me, well, could you ask her to, you know, not do this, but they're, the agreement is already there, and that's probably why you were drawn to that animal, or I mean, they ended up in your in your life because there's all this divine orchestration happening to bring us together with the right animals. So wherever we are in our life, mm-hmm. there's always a reason. Yeah, and sometimes it's the reverse. Sometimes we're there to emotionally support them, you know, especially in the case of rescues. Uh, I know that you you have some history. You primarily adopt rescues, right? Right. Yeah, that's all I have. (laughs) (laughs) And I foster foster as well. Oh, okay. Do you ever have any foster fails? (laughs) Because I feel like that's so hard (laughs) to let them go. Um, well, my cat, Leo, but I intentionally knew I would keep him as soon as I said I would foster him if Bonsai, my dog, was in agreement. Because he really liked being the only one, and he was so great with every dog that I brought in as long as they left. That was our agreement. So I, you know, I, we had a conversation about it, and he decided Leo was okay because it really wasn't any threat to him because he's a cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> so he, he was care. able to get them all the attention, right? The primary form, you know, of attention. <laughs> the dog, the dog directed attention. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now I do have another dog now that I've had for three years. Who was a foster, who um, had a lot of skin issues and has eye issues, and so the rescue at one point she decided that she was going to have him be a sanctuary foster, which. So this rescue means that if the foster agrees, um, you just, you provide the home and the love and she still takes care of them as far as, you know, the vetting and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's usually ones that are, are medical cases. 
Um, so he'd been with me a whole year. I just couldn't see asking another foster to take it. It took him so long to come out of his shell. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to have another conversation with Bonsai about oh. Monty. <laughs> I love that. I mean, yeah, that telepathic communication is definitely real. You know, yeah, he wasn't happy. (laughs) Let me tell you, (laughs) but he's okay. Mm -hmm. He's learned to move into acceptance. (laughs) Yes, as long as I, he still gets special time. That's all he needs. Where sometimes I take him somewhere, and I don't take Monty. And Mm -hmm. Monty seems to be well. He used to not like the car at all, so that wasn't a problem. But now he's been on a couple of road trips and I pick up the keys and he wants to go too. Mm-hmm. So it's a little harder, but you know, I, I just explained to him that, um, I'm just, you know, Monty or that Bonsai needs that special time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they are like children and you, you would treat them the same as children because you, you need that individual time and that together mm-hmm. time. Yeah. It's no different. So I don't think it's excessive to treat your pets like, kids <laughs> they're kids with fur yes and also too to keep in mind that sometimes they are just like adults mm-hmm. I mean we all often call our pets our babies but they don't all always see us as their parents oh, and I've had that come up before too please tell her she is not my mom I'm a completely equal to her <laughs> I'm like her partner not her not her baby <laughs> that's so funny they're like I'm declaring my independence like I have autonomy here you're not the boss of me exactly oh. and not that they're not grateful mm-hmm. for the connection and the care but you know it's about the agreement again and it's also about you know the energy and the personality mm-hmm. of the animal and the person Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you know, I know that a lot of people, when they lose their animal, they don't know what to do. They become completely blindsided by the amount of grief that overcomes them because they think that it's abnormal to feel that way. And so I was wondering if you would like to share any stories around that, around, you know, animals transitioning over. Sure, yes. And, you know, I'd like people to understand and really know that when an animal makes a transition, it is one of the most beautiful feelings I have ever experienced, like when sitting there and being with an animal connected to them when they make their transition. And they don't look at death like people. They've taught me so much. There is expectation and a feeling of joy that they're going to be reunited. It feels like going home. And there is always energy to meet them, whether there's people or animals, usually both. Sometimes it's people that they knew in life that have passed. Sometimes it's people that are connected to us that maybe never even met, met your animal, but they're there because of the love that they have for the person. Mm-hmm. But there, they, there is always someone to greet them. Sometimes there's like a huge reception line <laughs> depending on the the situation, and 
you know, it's true. A lot of people don't understand how profound and how deep that grief of losing an animal can be. And sometimes it's one that we've really grown a lot ourselves with. And that connection, you know, we have a connection and a bond with every animal that's in our life, but some are people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people will call that my heart dog or whichever animal it is. And what I have found that a lot of time that's the one that we've done the most spiritual, personal, emotional growth in that part of our lifetime with. And so there's, there's so much that's going on with the agreement and the connection between the person and the animal. And I think some people now are starting to understand more how how profound that grief is. And I always tell people there's no set amount of time. You know, but there are people who just don't get it and say, well, you know, aren't, aren't you over that yet? Or, you know, something really insensitive. But the, the important thing to remember is that they always come back to be with us in spirit when they transition. So if you feel like they're there or you think you see them out of the corner of your eye or hear their, hear their nails on the floor, trust that it really is them because they all come back to be with us, whether they hold space with us for a short period of time or for a long period of time. That's determined by what they want, but they always do. And if there's other animals in the family, I always tell people to watch them mm-hmm. because often the, the one that has passed will come through one of the other animals like that other animal might do something they don't normally do, but the one that passed always did a very specific mannerism or go and lay in their bed when they never used to before. Um, so it's, it's a way for them to kind of just borrow the energy, to kind of direct the energy to let you know, hey, I'm here and I'm fine and I love you. And when the tears come, when the grief feels overwhelming and you feel like you can't stop crying, it's because they're right there. Mm-hmm. And they will hold their space, their energy very close to us to help us grieve because they know that that grieving and the tears flowing is healing. And they never, ever, ever feel as if they are being replaced if you choose to get another animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's So many people, yeah, they're afraid of that. And they, they are like, why would I not want you to share that with another animal that needs you? And you need, <laughs> you know, they, they really don't. I had, I had a, a sweet, sweet dog, and he was he was old, and he had some health issues, and so we were just checking in to see how he was feeling, and he told me that he really wanted them to get another dog now, before he transitioned, and he didn't, they didn't want to because they thought that wouldn't be fair to him, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, no, 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 because he felt like their daughter, I think she was around nine at the time, um, she really needed that connection because she was going to have a really hard time when he died. And she needed 
to already have another dog that she was connected to. Mm-hmm, to and they really hear, heard him, and they, they, they did that. And it wasn't too long after that that he left his body. Mm-hmm. And he was very peaceful about it because she had, she had another dog to, to love on physically. Right, yeah, to help through the and, transition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it, they know what we need. And, you know, when my dog before Bonsite made his transition, he had cancer. And his tumor, we were able to remove it, but it would grow back, of course, faster. And it, it was getting really big, and we we couldn't do it again because the second time we did it, he almost didn't make it. And But he was still happy. He was still eating, but it was in his mouth. And so he and I had a conversation, and we picked a date together for him to make his transition, which is kind of hard because you know, oh, you know, on the 12th, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yet, in some ways, it's truly a blessing because you, you can prepare and you can really enjoy that special time that you have left. And when he took his last breath, of course, I was crying. I was sad, even though I was at peace. But I was wrapped around his body and I was holding him. And when his last breath went out of his body, tangible whoosh of energy literally went through me. I mean, it felt like a gust of wind. Mm-hmm. I mean, it threw me back even. Wow. And it, it was so much love and peace. It wiped out all my things. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my family and I was like, it makes me cry every time. I said, I, I, I can't be sad. Suter just showed me what he feels. Mm-hmm. And he gave me that gift. And I I like to believe that he gave me that gift so I can share that with the people that I work with. Because that peace and love, it, there's not even words to describe it. It was mm-hmm. just so amazing. And I it was one of the most wonderful things for me to experience. I always wish I could put it in a little bottle and send that to each person, you know, that is going through that because that's how they feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, I, I understand that feeling as well. I decided to have a veterinarian come to my home and transition my dog, you know, on you know, her favorite spot, you know, and this way it could be a ceremony and I could surround her with her family and surround her with love. And as hard as it is, I don't think there's, there is anything else like it. Like you said, there's no way to describe or even bottle that feeling. But I think what it comes down to is that animals are such a form of pure and unconditional love that you almost can't even get from human to human relationships and that's why it's it's so special yes yes and you know most of the time when an animal is is ready to lose their body they are they are really open and grateful for that assistance Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there have been a few times when I've worked with animals that said, I want to do this on my own. But it's not very often. Because they, again, because they look at death differently. It's like, okay, so I'm just going to shed this heavy, heavy coat and be back in white body. That's fine. I can still see you and I can even come back. You know, for some people don't believe in reincarnation, Mm -hmm. but I've had too many stories that animals have shared with me telling me they've been with this person before and they give me information and the person validates it that I can't not believe it. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm still honestly like on the fence about that as far as the reincarnation thing. So is there any particular story that stands out to you as far as like, yes, this is a definite possibility? Um, (laughs) Yes. I was doing an event. So these were 15 minute readings, right? You know, with uh, like a bunch of different readers. Mm -hmm. And this woman came and sat down at my table and she said, I really... I just want to explore the bond that I have with my dog because I just felt connected to him immediately. And people even stop me on the street and say, wow, you can really tell how much you and your dog are connected. And she she said, this is the first dog I've ever had. And so I, I just want to know where that came from. It's okay. So her dog's name is Jackson. I'll never forget that. And I I start to connect with him and he immediately shows me a black cat. And he's like, that's, that's me. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So I said, so you used to have a black cat. She goes, oh no, I'm, I'm allergic to cats. I, I, I've never had a cat as a pet. And he's like, yes, she did. (laughs) <laughs> so I said, well, he's saying that he was a black cat and he was with you. And all of a sudden her face, her eyes opened up. She goes, oh my gosh, a long time ago, I had two feral cats that I would feed. And one of them was black. And then she looks at me again. She goes, and his name was Jack. And oh I keep gosh. calling Jackson, <laughs> Jack. And because he wanted to come in my house so bad and he was so affectionate and he'd always rub against my leg and I couldn't let him in because I'm highly allergic. Yeah, she I fed them and they would sleep on my... Yeah, so he's like, exactly. So I had to come back as a dog because he really wanted to be with her. And then she told me that when she was looking for a puppy, um, she had one picked out and then something came up and it went somewhere else. And that happened like three times until she ended up with Jackson, a.k.a. Jack. Oh, wow. And she even accidentally kept calling him Jack. She said, I keep shortening it to Jack. And I'm like, well, there you go. That's so crazy that she never so, made that connection before. <laughs> no, well, it had been quite some years before that she had, you know, had those cats that were outside her house. She'd even moved. So she wasn't even in the same area. Wow. Yeah. Which goes to show, like you said earlier, we need to trust when we get those feelings. Like we know on a deeper Mm -hmm. level and then maybe we stuff it down and say, no, that's ridiculous. No, I'm just, you know, being cuckoo. But those feelings are there for a reason. Right. Right. And sometimes 
you know, we've been with that animal before, but in a different life. Mm-hmm. So that can happen too. And there's a connection, you know, when you see them, when you meet them. I'm definitely open-minded to that. I mean, and, and it can be something like not even just cats and dogs. Have there been other animals where people have had a really deep connection with, such as, let's say, an iguana or a guinea pig? Because it's not just limited to two types of animals. Um, oh, yes, definitely. Um, I worked one time with a, a bearded dragon, and he told me that he was, he helped his person stay calm because he had a hard time being calm and focused. Well, his person was seven and his mother said, how do you know that? And I said, because he just told me that it, does he have like a learning disability? He said, yes. But how do you know that? <laughs> because he just told me. And so he, he was there to really help him manage his ADHD. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, when he has to do um, homework, he sits on his lap. <laughs> so now that's not a reincarnation kind of connection, but that bond, you know, it's a bearded dragon. You know, people always think dogs, cats, horses. Exactly. They don't always think about snakes and turtles and um, pigs. Yeah, you know, any kind of cows, uh, Mm -hmm. goats, you know, we can be Mm -hmm. literally connected to any type of, you know, it could be a reptile, it could even I don't know about fish, fish might be a little tricky. But you know, even so they're still there on some level for emotional support, even if it is just to stare at them and help, you know, help us calm down a bit. Yeah, I mean, that they all all animals have that um, ability to communicate and they're, you know, they're sentient. I've worked with a fish. I worked with a, um, oh, a beta fish. I don't know what they're called. It was kind of a, a joke in a way because, I mean, my, sure, the, the way it came up is it was my neighbor and I was sitting there with her and another friend and I was telling her friend what I did. She goes, Really, you can talk to any animal. I said, yeah. She goes, what about, what about Fred? I'm like, the beta fish, Fred? She's like, yeah. I said, yeah, I can. And so Anna said, well, would you? And I said, sure. And he immediately said that he was lonely. He didn't like, why did they move him in here? He didn't like it. I said, did you used to have him in a different spot? And she goes, I did. He used to be on the kitchen island. And now he was like on a little side table in the living room. If he didn't like it, there's not enough activity. He feels left out. That's so funny. Because you know he's been hiding up in his, you know how beta fish, they have a little plant on top. He's like, he keeps hiding up there. Now I know why. She put him back on the kitchen island and he's always out. He comes up to the glass, you know, it's like he used to. You see, that's the perfect example. Yeah, it could literally be (laughs) any type of animal. I love that. So if somebody wanted to give a shot at trying to communicate with their animal, what would you recommend they do? You know, first you just, the first thing you want to do is just kind of come from a clear, grounded space. Um, 
think of a question, I always like to start with just telling them how much you love them because that's usually easy, mm-hmm. right? And but think about how much you love them. Yeah, open up your heart center, how much you love them, how grateful you are for them. If you're visual, you can imagine a, a golden cord or a light, a connection between your heart center and theirs. And just bring up all that love and gratitude that you have for them and imagine sending it to them through that connection. And then you can, if you have a question, you know, you can say, hey, are you feeling okay? And just see what comes back. See if you get a picture. See if you all of a sudden feel sick to your stomach. See if you hear something. You know, just trust what comes in. The hard part, like I said, is is trusting what you feel. Um, you can start with little things like, you know, which food do you like better? Right. Do you like <laughs> and, your bed that I just bought for you? <laughs> and And really, sometimes it's almost easier with an animal you're not so close to because you you get it when you get information then you can ask the person and if they validate it then you can you feel more validated in what you receive you know in the information mm-hmm. that you receive with our own animals it's like well I already know that you know or I probably just felt that because that's what I want so you do want to make sure that 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 you get your your own stuff out of the way first mm-hmm. and that's why doing the heart connection is a good way because you're starting with just sending them love and how grateful you are. And they do feel that, you know, animals feel our energy. They feel our emotion. They feel our intention. They don't always understand every single word. They learn words, but they do understand our intention. So if you speak what you mean, they're going to understand what you say. If you say one thing, but you mean another, they're going to feel what you're feeling not what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So Rose, do you have the ability to not necessarily diagnose, but can you kind of pinpoint what can be happening with some animal when it comes to their health? So for me, the way it works when I check in on a physical issue is I feel what they feel. So I can describe to the person what I'm feeling, the level of discomfort or pain. If it's something I've experienced before, I might say it feels like a pinched nerve. I don't have the ability of medical intuitive like some people do. Um, Sometimes I, I do get a pretty clear message that it might have something to do with the kidneys or you know, something along that line. But my experience has been that animals don't tell me I have cancer. I, my liver is bad. It's more, I, the way I get the information is I feel what they feel because I'm really checking into their physical body. But that often can be really helpful, especially knowing if they are in a lot of pain mm-hmm. and also if there's something else that you could be doing to help them be more comfortable. And sometimes even with the vet, you know, if they, they haven't been able to figure out what's going on, describing where there's some discomfort can give them a, another um, avenue, maybe what to try to diagnose. Right. So, I, you know, I had a kitty that 
one time that um, he'd been to the vet and everything seemed okay and I, he still wasn't acting right. And I said, you know, I just feel all this weight and pressure. It's heavy down in my lower part of my abdomen. I said, it almost feels like I'm constipated. <laughs> so as it turned out, that's exactly what it was. It just, it was kind of, I, I guess when he, she had first gone to vet, it had, wasn't really um, evident or something because she went back and sure enough, that's what it was. So sometimes, you know, it could just be helpful when we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so many things that could be going on and it's so hard to pinpoint it, but at least you can narrow it down to a general area that can make it a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's so and expensive it, it, to test for everything too. Like, you know, it can really add up all those bills trying to figure out what's wrong, you know, even with a human or an animal. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So my last question for you before we go is what is something that you wish everyone knew or understood about animals so they can be better caretakers? That they truly want to be with us and they want us to grow and evolve, whether that be personally, spiritually, um, emotionally, because that, that in turn allows them to evolve. And that they don't have a guilt gene, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they get, they do something and they know they're not supposed to say like get in the trash yeah, and they'll look they at give you that like, look. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> they it know. looks like they're guilty, but really it's more like, it's not the same way. It's not, it doesn't feel the same to me like it does in human form, right? They're just so, so accepting and, you know, loving that unconditional love, like you said. And so I, and I really think that, you know, if everybody understood how much they feel what we feel, that that might help them be better communicators to their animals. You know, when you're really upset about something, they're feeling that. So they do understand it. And if you want them to stop the behavior, then stop talking about it and picture what you would like to see. They need to know what you what you would rather see. But if you keep saying, stop barking at the, at the mailman every single time. And, and then you're thinking about it. So they're like, oh, she wants me to bark at the mailman. I can see that. So they really do pick up on our intention and our, our energy. And they love, love what I call intentional attention. So try to take at least even five minutes every day where you just look at your, your animal, look at them in the eyes, just giving them all of your attention and just telling them how much you appreciate them and what you love about them. Because sometimes they just kind of become part of our everyday routine and, you know, we love on them and we pet them, but often, especially as, humans, we've got three other things or more going on in our mind at the same time. Mm -hmm. So bringing that into a presence and being in the moment like they are 
they truly appreciate that. And I have a lot of animals asking for that intentional attention. And so I encourage people to do it. It, it can be longer than five minutes. And I only say five minutes just because some people are like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. I'm so busy. So everybody has five minutes. Oh, of course. Yes, you can. <laughs> and you're so right. I noticed that actually recently with my dog, if I'm just petting him and he's on my lap and I'm just mindlessly scrolling through my phone, I notice he like stares at me and he is demanding that intentional attention like you said and I put my phone down and I'm like okay you have all of my attention I'm gonna look you in the eyes I'm gonna give you love and that's such a beautiful reminder to be in the present moment that's beautiful you're listening (laughs) (laughs) yes and I'm so grateful that you were able to come on the show today and share all of your wisdom if anybody wanted to possibly get a reading with you, uh, where can they find you, Rose? My website is roseproud.com. And Instagram, Facebook is Animal Communicator Rose. And I also host a radio show on the fourth Thursday of every month. It's an online broadcast called News for the Soul. And you can call in, and I'll do a reading on the air. So for sometimes, you know, sometimes people just don't really have the, the funds. And so that's a way that you can get a reading for free. Oh, thank you so much. And are you still offering that? Uh, you had a mentorship course, I remember, to teach people as well how to communicate if they want to do that with their animals. Yes, I, I, I still have that. And I really, I just love, I love working with people that way. Um, it's a one-on-one mentorship. So it's just, you know, you and me, and we start wherever you are at. We have a, you know, a call first, so I know where you are as far as your own intuitiveness and spiritual development. And then we jump in. So if anybody has interest in that, they can just uh, email me and I'll send them the information. Great. I am going to put all of that information in the show notes for everyone as well, if they want to reach out to Rose. And yes, again, thank you so much for all of the good work that you do in this world for both humans and animals alike. Well, thank you so much, Rose, for um, the privilege of being on your podcast. I truly appreciate it. And it was a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you. I hope everyone enjoyed today's show and Rose was kind enough to offer a discount code to listeners for readings. So you can book a reading anytime in the future for $20 off. You just have to use the code by August 31st, 2023. And that's for either 60 or 90 minute readings. So I'll include all of that information and links in the show notes. Just for fun, I thought I would do an oracle card reading super quick. I actually brought my guidance dog's oracle cards with me today. Of course, I would have a dog oracle card deck. 
<laughs> no surprise there. I think I got it off of Etsy. It's really cute. It just has illustrations of all different types of breeds. So let's see what we get. And these readings are timeless. So no matter what time you, you're listening, it applies to you. So let's see. I've got confidence. So that's German Shepherd. And of course, this goes with it as well. Trust yourself. Uh, West Highland Terrier. So what this tells me, I mean, that's a pretty clear message, confidence and trust yourself. So if there is something that you've been wanting to move forward with in your life and you're not really having faith in your abilities, stop that. Just stop that right now. You already have everything you need within you to move forward. You don't have to take another class. You don't have to go through this major transformation. You already have everything within you that you need right now. So rock that confidence. It is Leo season, so that's very appropriate. On a personal note, I am feeling slightly better. I've been battling long COVID and some other things, but despite that, I show up every week and I try to post a new episode but for example, last week when I did an interview, I had a swollen throat and I was losing my voice. But, you know, I should probably take a break sometimes, but I'm very committed to this podcast and I'm just going to show up and do my best. So, you know, I don't know if that translates. Sometimes I just don't feel the greatest and you know, I just do the best that I can. And again, it goes back to that confidence, right? Just do it. Don't worry about being perfect. That's not the goal. I think it's to get the job done and keep learning and growing as you go. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the continued support. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, my link is now live to make donations. I'm going to be doing some upgrades in the future because, you know, I'm in this for the long haul. So for just 10 cents a day, <laughs> you can caffeinate me and I can keep going. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends. It is available on all podcast platforms. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Shake That Soul Podcast. All right. I hope everyone has a great week and I hope you avoid the heat if you're listening to this in the summer. It's pretty brutal out there. So stay cool. I'll catch all of you at the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye.